Well, for our last um, reading from the tour, I've selected one from the book of Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 1, if you've got a Bible in front of you, reading from verse 9 down to the end of the chapter. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was in the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Theatrica, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone who looked like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash round his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you for this incredible vision of yourself exalted and in glory. And we just pray in the next few minutes as we briefly look at this passage that we'll be encouraged to face life knowing who you are. Lord, in a world of uncertainty, we can firmly stand on the reality of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Lord, may we root ourselves deep in you, we pray. Amen. Over the last two weeks, very unusually for me, I have been to two football matches. This is highly unusual. I think it's the first time ever in my life I've been to two live football matches. The first one was right at the pinnacle of the sport, England versus, Wembley, England versus Switzerland at Wembley. We went down there with um, our family and some friends. Great experience. If you've been to Wembley, it's enormous. It's very posh. Um, it's got this enormous sort of shopping center round about it. Then yesterday, me and Richard Evans went to Richard's hometown because my hometown team were playing. So we went to Wrexham to watch Wrexham versus Stockport County. It was a slightly different experience. <laughs> Not least because County lost 2-0. But I don't want to talk about football. What I want to talk about is something far more important than football, and that is food. <laughs> when you're at Wembley, if you want to buy a hot dog, anyone want to have a guess how much it would cost you? Five. Five. Keep going up. Eight, nearer eight, £7.50, as Claire found out when she went to buy Nathaniel one. Now, yesterday at Wrexham, you could buy two hot dogs for the same amount and have change to take home with you. How good is that? Go to Wrexham. All your dreams will come true. 
But life is full of stark contrast, isn't it? It's full of contrast. Some things in life are just different. You go to one place, it's very different to the other. At the start of these verses that we've read in Revelation, there is a significant contrast. I don't know if you noticed it. John, the Apostle John, the writer of the Revelation, he is a human being just like me and you, and he is rooted in time and space. He's on the Isle of Patmos. You think, lucky him, great being on a Greek island, but there he is. He's on the Isle of Patmos. It's the Lord's day, and he has a vision. But he's there, and then we get the vision of Christ towards the end. Christ who holds eternity in his hand. Christ who, as Mike has already said, is the champion. Christ who has defeated sin and death and who is fully God and fully man. And what John gets is a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. And John is being described as being in the spirit. Now that means that what he will see is not of human origin, but of divine origin. And in verse 11, a voice speaks to him with an instruction to write to the seven churches. We looked at one of those um, letters a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what you're like at describing things in words. Um, Some of us uh, uh, find that easier than others. But if I put that view, that's the Isle of Skye, keeping with the Scottish theme for today. Um, There's the Isle of Skye for you. you. If I was to ask you to describe that in words, those who can see that image, I wonder how you would describe it. I wonder how long it would take you before you think there is nothing more that I can say to capture that in words. If you were a musician, you might try and use some music to capture it. If you're an artist, you might try and paint it. But eventually, all human mediums run out. We we just don't have the, the way of communicating such magnificence. Although Revelation is the most incredible book and the language is vivid, human language falls short when coming face to face with the glory that is the risen Lord Jesus. And so as you look at what John writes about um, as he sees Jesus, it is vivid, it's colorful, it's powerful and radiant. Look at verses 12 to 16. There's resonances there of the Son of Man language of Daniel chapter 7 as well. Now I don't want to, in the few minutes that we've got, try and unpack all that imagery. But what I do want to do is go forward to when Jesus speaks and what Jesus says. I don't know if you noticed when we were reading it, those words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, the Bible is full of times when God says to his people, or where God's messages say, do not be afraid. And often they come at times when I think I would be afraid. You know, if an angel visits me, I'm going to be afraid. If I see this vision here, I am going to be afraid. But what happens is there an explanation of why we don't need to be afraid. Humans are often afraid, aren't we? I don't know if you experience that. I'm sure we all do in our lives. Um, I was at the dentist just about a month ago, and I hate going to the dentist. It was my first post-COVID visit to the dentist, so that gave me more fear than normal because I'm thinking I'm bound to need about 72 fillings. So I'm sat there in the dentist's waiting room thinking, no, 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 please don't make me have to go in there. I'm I'm afraid of the uncertainty, but I'm also fearful of the certainty. Because I know that the dentist, I'm apologizing if you're a dentist here today. Um, It's not the dentist that I don't like, it's what they do to me. She's actually really nice. But, you know, you're there with your mouth open, and it's just, I just don't like the experience. It's just not something that is great. And so we fear. We find fear creeps into our experience. We fear because of the known, and we fear the unknown. We fear um, the possibility, but we also fear the reality of life. Because we experience a broken 
and fallen world. We are broken and fallen people. Yet Jesus is something very different. And when we look at what it says about Jesus in this passage, we can see why there is a call to not be afraid. Jesus is the first and the last. He was dead, but now he is alive. He is, as we've already heard this morning, heaven's champion. He is the one who has made salvation possible. He is the one who calls us to walk in forgiveness, to walk in a new life. Jesus has been, he will always be, he has died, he has risen, he holds the keys of death and Hades, the place of the dead. Everything is ultimately under his control. And so in a very short statement, what Jesus does is he reminds John that there is nothing that will ever take Jesus by surprise, nothing that is ever out of his control, and nothing that he doesn't know about. Now our world is in a mess, isn't it? We experience that, just switch on the news, you see the mess that this world is in. And yet simply the call goes out, do not be afraid. Are you fearful today? I'm going to be honest, I'm fearful. I think we spend a lot of our time being fearful of the unknowns and the knowns. So how do we not be afraid? Well, I don't want to give glib answers or oversimplifications here, that is of no hope and no use to anybody. But I think what the challenge that these verses give us is to change our perspective. When fear starts to arrive at our doorstep, is to take a different angle. Look in a different way. Look at Jesus and see who he really is. Look at this glimpse of Jesus in glory and say, well, yeah, fear is real today, but there will come a day when fear will be gone. And I am part of that journey. I am part of who Christ is. A few years ago now, um, I had a friend who was really very ill. He was suffering with an awful illness that was taking the physical use of his body away. But he was a, a really strong, committed Christian. I remember having really open and honest conversations with him and saying, how do you see Jesus in all of this? How do you see Jesus as your, as your, your limbs, your muscles, one by one, are giving up on you? And he simply said, as my problems get bigger, so my Jesus gets bigger too. You know, as our problems increase, so our view of Christ has to get bigger with it. Otherwise, we just get consumed. We get consumed by the things, the fears that would take us. One of the things that I love as we've been through the tour is how the biblical writers show us the different sides of Jesus. That he is fully God and he is fully human as well. You know, when we, um, in a couple of weeks' time, we will do the Easter readings and we will probably go into the garden where um, Jesus there is, is risen and he encounters Mary and Mary thinks he's the gardener. And what does Jesus do? He calls to her tenderly and says, Mary, you are known, you are loved. There is that tenderness. What do we see here? We see John, who is also known by name by Jesus. This is the John who was brought with Jesus for three years as a disciple. What does he see? He sees the glory of the Son of God and he falls at his feet as though dead. The tenderness and the magnificence. The pastoral loving side of Jesus but also the Jesus who holds eternity in his hands. Does all that take away the reality of today? As we look at who Jesus is, does it mean that all our fears are suddenly gone? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. We will still fear. We still face a world that is very much broken. 
As human beings, we are conscious that life is temporary, that this life is not all there is. But we can look at things from a different angle. We can have a different perspective. Jesus, in verse 19, says that he is preparing John for what he will see in the rest of Revelation. If you know the book of Revelation, it is full of some pretty terrifying visions, some some terrible tribulations. But then at the end, we start to get those glimpses of eternity, the new heaven, the new earth, the city of God of Eden restored, and so many amazing things. Now, the book of Revelation, over many years, has been an encouragement to Christians who've been facing turmoil, facing hardship, because it simply says... Jesus is the champion. However you read Revelation, and we haven't got time in the last five minutes to go into the various ways of reading Revelation, but however you read it, Jesus wins. Jesus wins. The Son of God will return in glory, and his kingdom will know no end, and we will reign with him forever and ever. For those first Christians who read this book, they were undergoing those first phases of Roman persecution. They were being sent to the lions. There was martyrdom. It was a very real threat. Martyrdom is one of those gifts of the Spirit that we don't really talk about. It's not one of the more popular ones, but it is one that some Christians are called to, to be equipped, to be able to lay down your life for Jesus. This is what some of these people were doing, and this book was such an encouragement. There's a very well-known Corrie ten Boom quote. Um, Corrie ten Boom was a, a Dutch Christian, And she didn't have an easy life. If you know anything about her, she suffered at the hands of the Nazis. She was in concentration camps. She then helped rescue many Jewish people. She said this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. Absolutely. You look at what's going on in Ukraine, we will be distressed. If you look within you, you'll be depressed. So often, you know, if we look inside for answers, we just won't find them. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. I love that quote. Look at him. Look at Jesus who holds it all. And so as we finish off the tour, there are these glimpses of eternity in the book of Revelation. We get to see Jesus as he fully is. Now, I don't know where you are up to today. I don't know what life is thrown at you. But it may just be that we need to hear the words of Jesus say to us again, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Let me pray. Lord, we come to you this morning and perhaps um, each of us have our different fears. It may be fears of how we're going to pay the electric and gas bill as it comes in next month. It may be fears of our own health or fears of the health of a loved one. It may be fears about what is going on with war, what is happening in our world. Lord, whatever the fears... We just pray that as we gaze on you, our perspective may shift. Lord, help us to trust in your eternal promises. Help us to glimpse you as you really are, as the exalted Son of God who is reigning now and forever. Lord, we thank you as we've been reminded from David and Goliath as well that the victory is yours. The salvation is through the name of Jesus. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, come and minister your love and your tenderness into our hearts today. Just help that word, do not be afraid, to really sink into us 
we ask.